Lancaster Remax, G-Mix 5th Street Pub, and AMPM Plumbing. Now, live from G-Mix 5th Street Pub in Valley Junction, this is the Hawkeye Huddle with your hosts, David Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge. Well, hello, my friends and neighbors. Dave Creighton Jr. here live at G-Mix. Good to be back. We've got all the equipment up, running, on time, and it's working. I am hope that Brett Ridge is joining me via phone. Well, you know, I feel like you got a, uh, that was a full-on Dr. Johnny Fever intro there, baby. I mean, uh, with the uh, back in black, the entire rendition before we came on the air, that was awesome. Fits right it in was with the show, good. and uh, I love it. Yeah. That was not our doing, apparently. But if it was, great job out of you, Pete. <laughs> anyway, it's good to, uh, good to be here. Good to have you on the phone, Brett. You sounding good? Yeah, and uh, I'm in Charlotte this week, and so let's chuck that down. I don't know. Last year we tried to count it up. It was somewhere like we've done this uh, show from 70 different cities at different points in time over the 20 years, and we'll mark this one down as well uh, for Charlotte uh, as we as we celebrate a victory over Michigan State and hopefully get set for the coming up this week, right? That's right. That. That game was never in doubt on Saturday. I mean, I never. can't imagine why any any Hawkeye fans would have had gnashing of teeth, firing of Brian Chance. There was all kinds of bad things going on. By the way, the dude you sold your tickets to was an expert in swearing. Oh, great! He could string things. He could string letter these words together like a fine sailor on, aboard a submarine. It was impressive. <laughs> anyway, one of those. Huh? Sorry about that. Also, yeah, well, also an expert in all of football. Uh, offense and defensive uh, calls, but uh, be that as it may, it was nice to have him behind me. I guess uh, <laughs> Your, our good friend to the who sits to the left of you was super super glad he was there. <laughs> oh, I bet, I bet. Yeah, yeah. we had we had anyway. some interesting uh, we had some inter- interesting um, seating situations as well. You know, they actually on the other end of the field there they sit for most of the game, which is really cool. But there was one guy that was right in front of me who decided that he'd be the only person in the entire section to stand the entire game. So that yeah, was, well. uh, that was in, you know, that's always great, you know, but uh, besides that, um, yeah, you know, if you want to go there, of course the Hawks win this one, 26 to 16 coming from behind in the fourth quarter. Uh, I thought uh, Tuesday's the Torby today was a, an interesting way to look at it as he did not get to on the Hawkeye report website, by the way, he had not, get to watch the game live and so he was when he got to sit down later and watch it and knew that they had won he looked at it as a very gritty win where Iowa you know had lost their starting quarterback and came from behind and won that game and I thought that was an interesting way to look at it uh, because that's kind of what happened it just felt so hapless at certain points in time that of course we had uh, Iowa fans that were uh, not happy and uh, chanting uh, fire Brian, which was uh, it's it's really just such a silly thing for people to do, knowing that there are recruits that are paying attention. There are recruits in the stands. There are people all over the country watching the game on NBC. And it's it's just it's just a really classless way to go about things. You know, um, I was really uh, no disappointed question. with it. Really disappointed with it. Yes. The, the, the third the third down and long draw call dump. Okay, it, it just was. But come on, people, this is not what I we're mean, doing. Hayden, Hayden did that for 22 years. Yeah. Third and long in your own territory, he's going to run draw play. Exactly. It, it happens. And it, it, it happens. And, it, and sometimes, by the way, 
Michigan State uh, just about pulled it off. Sometimes it works, right? Right. Um, they they called the draw on third and 15. Of. Right. It's not unheard of. So, um, you know, I, I, I think, though, at the end of the day, my um, my take on the Brian Ferentz thing this week was I I I don't know what you're supposed to expect out of the man when his starting quarterback goes down. He's down two running backs, uh, uh, an All-American tight end, and now uh, a starting quarterback. Uh, he brings starting in Deacon right Hill, guard. who hasn't starting right guard, and Connor Colby, and he brings in Deacon Hill on the second or third series of the game, who hasn't played meaningful snaps in in football since he was a junior in high school. Um, and then proceeds to play what I thought was pretty good. He only went 11 for 27, but let's face it, there were five balls directly in the hands of receivers who should have caught them. You go 16 for 27, those stats look really, really good for a first-time starter. And Iowa, I think, ends up winning the game much more easily uh, if, if guys could hang on to the ball. And, and don't give me this stuff on timing because he's been taking first-team snaps for most of the last couple months with – Cade McNamara on the shelf during practice with his quad injury. I think these guys, um, I, I, I think Iowa's challenged at the wide receiver in terms of, of, of guys who can catch. And it's been a problem for the last couple of years, and we've blamed the quarterbacks for it. Well, I think now we can turn around and really solely look at, at, at uh, in some cases here, the wide receivers just need to catch the darn ball. No question. That's their job. Uh, you know, as a former wide receiver, yeah. Honorable mention, Metro Conference uh, 1983. I was always told, and it was my belief, that if the ball hit my hands, I, I was supposed to catch it. And that was that. It didn't matter how hard it was thrown. didn't matter where it was. If it hit my hands, I was supposed to catch it. And these, these, are, these are talented receivers who, frankly, I think the, the change in velocity from Cade to Deacon absolutely – it caught them by surprise, and it, 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 I believe next week you will not have nearly the same kind of issue. He, the, he throws a hard, and what looks to be a hard, heavy football, okay? Now, the defensive backs from Michigan State didn't seem to have any troubles catching it, uh, considering he threw <laughs> three interceptions, one of which was uh, overturned by a penalty, thankfully. But, you know, nevertheless, the point is on those short, on those short throws, you got to have a little bit of touch. We've had quarterbacks in the past who it took a while for them to realize you got to have a little bit of touch and those kinds of things, and so that matters. But you, you do have to you do have to be pleased with. He comes in. They ran the quarterback sneak again. I was good, glad to see that. We we're able to add bootleg action into into the offensive playbook, something we couldn't do with, when Cade's in there. Now can Deacon the Thrill Hill uh, come through? and guide a team and, and direct them to score points in a meaningful drive as opposed to getting a, a shanked punt where, you know, they scored three points. Brucey told me they scored uh, like 13 points on 30, or 16 points on 30 yards of offense there in the second half. So it's an interesting, and that's a bad dynamic, and clearly, you know, I thought Chad Lysko had a really good way to put it. It's a win, it goes, in, Goes in the book as as a win, but ultimately this this offense needs to go the way of the Dota Bird, and, and needs a complete nut of re-rack. And but you're not going to do that midweek, in the middle of the season. You're not going to do it on a bye week, 
against, well, you know, with Purdue coming up. You're going to do it after the end of the year, and, and you're going you're gonna to need a whole new philosophy. Now, whether Kirk Ferentz is going to adopt a new philosophy or he's going to ride off in the sunset, I, I, I can't speak to that. But there's no way you're going to change that offense right now. And, oh, by the way, they're 4-1. Well, and, you know, um, he has said he's not going to rewrite the playbook, right? And, and so that, that just needs to be understood. I'm sure there are some different things you can do now that you feel like you can maybe roll this quarterback around a little bit. Certainly, uh, as you said, the, the, the quarterback sneaks back in the playbook, which is great. They got four yards on it, by the way. Um, but I, I do also think there might be a couple of different throws that the guy who can really zip it can throw. They tried some slant patterns for the first time this year, I, I think. Uh, and they, they worked every time, right? They didn't catch the ball every time, but they worked almost every time. There was uh, worked, more yes. working of more, more working of the middle of the field, which I think you can do with a guy who throws it a little bit harder because they're not going to ball's not going to hang up very long. Um, and, and and I agree. I think they'll they'll start to game plan a little more around what kind of what he brings to the table versus what Kate McNamara brings to the table, and it could well change things a little bit. I I think the greater concern in this game. Uh, honestly, was not the quarterbacking uh, to me. The greater concern was that Iowa couldn't run the football against a team that can't stop the run. And um, I, I'm still I'm still baffled at, at the way that Iowa designs plays to get you four yards, and then you hope that there's nobody there to catch up to the running back after the four yards. Uh, you know, the the the, the inside zones, the the, uh, the counters. Um, they were using them, and there were times where you there was two or three yards there, but there was nothing else. Uh, teams have scouted that. I thought Michigan State scouted this game very, very well. If you looked at their offensive game plan that worked a little bit in the first half, certainly did not work at all in the second half, which was great to see Iowa making adjustments. But their offensive game plan was very similar to Western Michigan, right? They, they realized that uh, Ethan Herkett uh, is, has a really difficult time staying home. Even when he's supposed to, sometimes he's supposed to go after the running back, and if he's supposed to, to spy the quarterback, he has a tough time with it. Uh, and they burnt Iowa a number of times with the quarterback's uh, keeper uh, in, early in in the first half. They also did a little play action where they were finding a tight end that actually, frankly, isn't a very good tight end. That number six uh, had several but catches in the first quarter. He's big. He's also I've, I've watched him a couple of other times and thought, man, he's terrible, right? But he he was open and he caught the ball. They game planned for it, and they drove a couple of times. But after that, after that, Iowa made their adjustments, um, and I think then really only had a couple of times where they had a few blown blown plays. They stood up on that fourth down like they needed to. That was awesome. Uh, big turning the point in the game. Speak, yes, absolutely. And so I, you know, I think that uh, that Michigan State game planned very well for Iowa, which is probably pretty easy to do sometimes. And then Iowa made adjustments where they needed to. And, and this week with Purdue, um, Purdue will game plan for us uh, along those lines, and Iowa's got to be ready to make some changes again. But uh, you're 4-1, like you say, and, and maybe now it looks like maybe Caleb Johnson is back this week, which would be a, a, a welcome sight in terms of an added running back who can do some things. Um, and... Uh, uh, you also have the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week in Nick Jackson and the Special Teams Player of the Week in Cooper DeGene. And I think that's the man we got to talk about next because 
Man, is it fun to watch that kid play football. He's the best. He is the most exciting player Iowa's had since Tim Dwight. And I don't think it's even close. I, I'm not going to argue. I am not going to argue. I, I, and, you know, to the point where, you know, there's a lot of talk and people are asking today, well, do you want to play offense? He said he would. Now, here's the thing. We saw what happened with a kid from Colorado when he played offense and defense, right? He's a sitting right. duck. You're one thing, you know, and I still believe that Nebraska targeted and went after Dejean uh, last year at the beginning of the game and got him out of the game. I thought there was a dirty hit that, that got him out. I, um, no question. And, and, I, and, and I, I think that that was in the Scott Frost game plan last year, as big of a dope as he is, and it worked, right? And it cost Iowa in that game. And I think if you put him on offense, you'd be begging for Cooper to, to be hurt, right? Um, but nonetheless, uh, most exciting player, and I thought, you can tell me, I wasn't, of course, I was not privy to that Penn State game uh, in, in uh, 2022. Uh, or 2021, because I was at the Alabama-Texas A&M game that night. Uh, but as far as a play where um, Kinnick just came unhinged, right? Kinnick just went nuts. There, hasn't been, the there has not been a play in Kinnick. Was there one like There this? has not been a play in no Kinnick that I, that I can remember for, yes. oh, my gosh. And, and at such a key moment in the game. I mean, this is a game-winning play, right? Um, I remember Drew Tate throwing right before half to Clinton Solomon uh, when he uh, ran around the backfield, which felt like for forever, and then he turned and chucked 150 yards for a touchdown. But that was at the end of the half. This was, this was a game-winning play of 70 yards in a situation in that I don't know how many times you've watched it. I bet I've watched it 100 times. The the punt, punt return, but you have to do it with the audio because you need to hear the crowd yep. start off going, oh, and everyone saw that as soon as he had it, that he had 15 or 20 yards of open space. And then he broke the two tackles of which one, he, I think he got belted pretty good, but 36 makes an unbelievable block, takes out two dudes uh, right at the same time. And it looked like a bowling pin or a bowling ball getting pins down. And then he made a move on the other guy, and he was gone. And by the time he reached the end zone, uh, the place was shaken. Michigan State gets the ball, and and they they literally were wetting their pants. It was so loud down there in that north end zone. And that is a huge advantage. Penn State had five false – excuse me, Michigan State had five false starts on Saturday and, and a delay a game all caused by the crowd. That's That's pretty impressive. And it, and it matters. I mean, they went from third and three to third and thirteen because they had back-to-back false starts, and all of a sudden you got a different play. Um, yeah, that yeah, was just—it it was just huge. The crowd. <laughs> the crowd was part of the. The crowd was part of the win. I I, I don't remember where I saw it. Some uh, you know some uh, woman who uh, a Michigan State fan commented to uh, one of our Iowa fans just that you know they'd seen Michigan State play at Penn State and Iowa was louder right now. Maybe that was right. the, the circumstance a little bit, but uh, but I do think in that in that north end zone, uh, when I when that situation arose, I thought to myself, this is a chance for the crowd to have an effect, and they sure did. Right, three straight plays there that they couldn't get the they couldn't get the snap off cleanly, they lost ten yards, 
And then, yes, I thought that uh, – and, and by the way, the NBC announcer, if you go back and watch that, I, I thought it was amazing. I'm not sure who was doing the game. But he, he notices that the crowd starts to build their um, – to a crescendo. He's like the crowd in anticipation while he's running with the ball. The crowd right. anticipates it, right? And then, boom, he gets through, and the crowd – this, the noise goes to a completely new level. The stadium shakes as they as we start to see him break it open, and then it's it's all up for grabs, right? It's all nuts. And I can't. I would agree with you. I think that's a good call out on on the Drew Tate to uh, Solomon. That's the one where he did the spin wheels with his arms right before half. Right. I think uh, against Ohio State uh, that year. Um, and and maybe there was the the uh, the Wisconsin game where we thought we had them stopped deep in in uh, 2000 and oh, what year was that the, the, that we and maybe it was 16 where we or where we thought we we uh, were going to beat them and then they end up with the fake punt that kind of killed us. But that was 2010. That was 2010. Clear back then. Okay. So you know I think there's been some times that certainly Kinnick has gone off off the rails and gone nuts. Uh, is certainly beating the, the only you know, other, the, the only the, other beating Michigan the first maybe play the, of the Ohio State f- first yeah, play of the Ohio okay. State game when okay. uh, um, Hook Hooker picks the pass yeah. off on the very first play um, of that game the game that Allen nearly lost his leg uh, when Amani <laughs> Hooker pick sixed um, Ohio State yeah. on the very first play of the game I think I think maybe that was just as loud. Um, was yes. a scenario where it could have been just as loud, but at any rate, hey Brad, it's five seventeen. We need to take a break here. Let's do it. Uh, Let's do the it. Hawkeye Huddle will be right back on one two one FM and thirteen fifty ESPN Des Moines. This is Drake men's basketball head coach Darren DeVries, and the Bulldogs play here on one zero two one FM and thirteen fifty ESPN Des Moines. Welcome back, my friends. Dave Creighton Jr. here live. Live and in person at the G Megs. I love these ACDC bumps. Brett, you still there? <laughs> I'm with you, man. I love it too. You gotta, you gotta give me the Doctor Johnny Fever. Come on, babies, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. All right, Hawkeye Huddle's live, and we're having a good time. Twins three, Toronto zero. Just a Major League Baseball playoff update. For those Baseball's who are dead to me. Now, dead to me right now. <laughs> Pretty much, the way I the get Cubs it. I canceled, I canceled my marquee. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, people who care about the Cubs, I believe we have Tom Kaker on the line. Tom, are you there? I am here. Correct. Outstanding. Three guys in different places, all on the radio at one time. The power <laughs> of the interwebs. Uh, Thank you for joining yeah. us, Tom. How was your uh, Tuesday in Iowa City? Um, you know, kind of what you would expect today. I think everybody knew that Kirk was going to announce what he announced, and he did. And, um, you know, so Deacon Hill, that quarterback, uh, moving forward. But, uh, but Cade, Tom, what is, it sounds like Cade is coming back next year, though, Tom. That is, I don't, yeah, yeah, that, that wasn't was, official, right? That was, yeah. Yeah, I think everybody, I, I, I don't know, I guess I, I've known about it for a while, so I, you know, so when he came in, I thought he said he was coming in for two years unless the NFL thing happened or something. Then he was going to potentially leave. So um, that wasn't a real surprise. I think everybody 
figured he was coming back. Yeah, I, I just think a few people I, I heard on the radio the other night were kind of kibitzing about whether that was true or not, and, and I think he's confirmed that in the last couple of days as well. But done for the year, and I think we could all see it happen as it happened. So then you shift yeah. to Deacon Hill, and Deacon, Deacon Hill brings a few different things to the table, which is not entirely bad. Including three forks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I anyway. don't know if he wears a napkin, but 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 he brings a he brings a, a very strong arm. He's a little taller and and uh, right now certainly more mobile uh, than Cade yep. was going to be able to be. Yeah, he the thing he lacks is kind of the the moxie, the the game experience that Cade McNamara has as a as a quarterback that um, you know I think um, was valuable. Kate had been through it, and now everything that Deacon Hill goes through is going to be basically for the first time. He's going to be dealing in these situations, so that's going to be the challenge. Well, the well, one guy that I... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, David. Sorry, Brad. Hold, hold on just a second. The, the reason that's a bigger challenge is, is that it doesn't appear that the offense is really improving, and, and, no. I, and so... You've got a situation where you've got a stale offense that's not really firing on a cylinder. And you'd want to lean on a running game, but I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Iowa had like 65 yards running. And, and last week, our best running back, or at least certainly our most experienced, fumbles the ball for a scoop and score. And so there's consternation and gnashing of teeth along the running game. And now yeah. you bring in your second-team quarterback who doesn't have his uh, – the safety net. I mean, the beauty of Eric All and McNamara is they play together. So you could you could sense that he knew he was going to look to him. So who's going to become yeah. the safety net for Deacon the Thrill Hill? Well, that's a good question, and I don't think we know the answer to it. I think it will probably be Eric All, but um, we don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but yeah, maybe one of the the, the little bits of good news is potentially they're going to get Caleb Johnson back. And we know a year ago against Purdue and different coaching regime at Purdue, but still, um, you know, a team that, uh, that they played and uh, Caleb ran for 200 yards against them last year. So um, they're going to, you know, hopefully get him back. He's back at practice and, um, I wouldn't say they're optimistic, but it's at least a possibility that he's going to play this week. Well, that that would be a nice option for Iowa to have back at the running back position. There's no question about that. So, you know, the the secondary question then, of course, Purdue doesn't have the Jeff Brom to just destroy Iowa from a defensive standpoint. As we look towards Purdue... I realize he scored 40, I think it was like 44 last week against Illinois. I owe you a beer, Ridge. Um, so are they still as powerful on offense? Because honestly, when I watched them play Wisconsin, I was completely unimpressed. You know, that game last week got away from them because I think at the third quarter it was like 16-13. So Purdue just kind of piled on late in the game and, uh, you know, put up big numbers at that point so um you know hudson card who was at texas is their quarterback they're running the the 
you know, kind of the fast offense, Graham Harrell, the, um, you know, the Mike Leach kind of offense, but they run the ball a lot. Their leading rusher is, and you guys will remember this name, Tyrone Tracy, who, uh, the Iowa coaches at one point told him that he should be a running back and he resisted. Now he's a running back and he's doing pretty well. Um, the kid that ran for them last year that, that really came out of nowhere, Devin Mockaby, uh, has kind of got passed up and, um, he's got like six fumbles this year. So he's just kind of putting the ball on the ground a lot. And, uh, so Tracy's kind of been their trusted guy to run the football. I want to shift uh, ahead, gears Brad. real quick, Tom. Tom, uh, to uh, anything you heard, uh, I, I know Iowa had a uh, uh, friend had another big time recruit in this weekend. Uh, did you get a report at all from Farrell Compton? Yeah, um, just talked to some people, and um, he had a really good time. It was a good visit. They felt really good about um, how it went. Uh, I think it's going to depend on um, what LSU does. He's still tentatively scheduled, but it, you know, it, it seems like he's a uh, kind of a fallback, if you will. I don't know if that's even fair to say, but it, you know, he's not the one of their top priority guys that uh, LSU is looking at right now. So, um, if LSU comes off the table, it's Iowa, San Diego State. I think probably out front, um, maybe UNLV since he's going to school out there. But his family is from Chicago, so um, Iowa might have a, have a shot there. But um, the thing with him is it's almost like it's a luxury at this point because I think they're pretty happy with what they've got. But if they could get him, boy, the, you know, then it's like a, a little uh, – it's like, you know, <laughs> finding a – a $50 bill in your wall, in your uh, pocket when you're doing laundry kind of thing. It's like, Hey, this is a nice little bonus here. How incredible is it? have any that... idea what that's like. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Hey, um, I, how incredible though, is it that, uh, you know, that the, the photos that he ends up showing online from his visit, uh, one of the highlights is, is, is meeting Caitlin Clark, right. Hanging out with yeah. Caitlin Clark. Uh, it it yeah. certainly is a turn of the table the last couple of years as to who the celebrity at the University of Iowa is that you want to meet well, uh, and try to recruit she, these guys. She's 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 the um, she might be, and I, I and I don't think this is crazy to say, she might be the most recognizable um, college athlete in the country. I, I don't think that's a Ooh. crazy thing to say. I, I can't think of above, another one that's on site. Her. Yeah, you know, on site. I mean, I know names, but I wouldn't know what they look like. And everybody could, you know, I think everybody knows what she looks like. It's true. And she's a she's a, an engaging draw for sure. Maybe maybe, yeah. maybe Angel. <laughs> Angel Reese, yeah, no. maybe or Libby Dunn from LSU too. The the uh, yeah down the gymnast, there. But, Is she still in college? She, My goodness. Yeah, but she's not as accomplished. I mean, just in terms of no. an accomplished athlete, you know, I don't think we'll see Libby Dunn on a I guess, Olympic team or anything. Where we're going to see Wheaties box you know, or Caitlin right. Clark. Yeah, Caitlin Clark's going to have a have her own shoe. You know, 
Well, Eric's we're a little park. over the week away from uh, from the uh, the uh, crossover at Kinnick. How many more tickets are left for that? Do you know, Tom? I know they were they're they're into the north end, or south end zone, right? Yeah, they're um, last time I heard, which was about a week ago, I talked to Beth Getz, and we'll probably get an update tomorrow because tomorrow is Women's Basketball Media Day. Um, but last I heard when I, I, I saw Beth Getz and her a total, she said they had sold over 45000 Wow. That's amazing. It's great. Congrats. <laughs> I hope the weather's and good. I, I've, I, and I'm looking at the weather uh, already, and um, right now it looks like it'll be about between 65 and 70 and partly Perfect. sunny and 10 to 15-mile-an-hour winds. So it'll be like playing at the, at the local park. Perfect. Well, it will remind me a lot be... of white men can't jump. This is no inside yeah. game. You got to play to win. Right, right. Yeah, six yeah, eight inches to the there. left of the beach, right? I will be interested That's to see true. what they're looking at for, um, you know, if they're op- if it becomes a full tailgating <laughs> day like a football game. What you're looking at the same number of people heading towards the stadium, and and uh, you know, yeah. it'd be interesting to see just what's available There's from. A, there, from I, I bet I bet they end up with about fifty thousand people there. Yeah. Yeah. That'd, be, that'd just be if, fantastic. As long as the weather's nice. As long as the weather's right. The weather forecast stays okay, I think, um, yeah. Well, Tom, uh, real quick, real quick before yeah. I ask you about your prediction for this weekend, just tell me what year the Yurok kid from West Point Valley is. Is he a 25? Yes, he's a 25 kid. So is he he's fully a seven kid foot? He's got some size. He's close. He's, he really sprouted up from what I understand like five six inches oh my gosh so. uh, he's I know his I know his dad pretty well and uh yeah he's I saw the picture on the field I was like oh my god is he tall now <laughs> at any rate yeah so he, what do you last year I week? think last year or so he's he's grown like five six inches I would say that oh. at a minimum I would yeah. say at a minimum so what do you think is going to happen this weekend I think um I don't think Purdue is great. I really don't. But their DC, their their head coach is the, the former Illinois DC, and they Illinois befuddled Iowa last year on uh, from with their defense, and so a little concerned about that. But I think Iowa's going to figure things out. Look for Deacon Hill to take some shots. I think they want to use his arm and try and make some plays down the field. I'd like to see that, and I'd like to see the receivers uh, actually catch the football that hit them in the hands. That would be helpful. That would be a major improvement. Tom, appreciate you very much. Thanks for joining us again. Tom Caker, Hawkeye Report. We'll be back in just a couple minutes here on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1021 and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. As local as the Anderson Erickson Cows at East University in Hubble. 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Welcome back. Hawkeye Huddle, Dave Creighton Jr. here live at G Miggs. I want to thank G Miggs for hosting as they have for the last many years. Thank Angie Lancaster who's sitting right in front of me for her support. And anyone else who'd like to uh, join the uh, advertising crew here at the Hawkeye Huddle, we'd love to have you. Brett, it's time for your weekly field hockey report. <laughs> How'd you know? How'd you well, know? I figured we well, got, got about beat. 
They got six beat. minutes. Yeah, what they happens? lost it. Yeah, they got it. Does they got beat by Ohio State? Number eleven, Ohio State, two to one. It's my understanding, uh, on, Brett. They lost yeah. their center back. I don't know what that means in field hockey, but apparently well, that, somebody got hurt. That, that was last week, and that's when we, we didn't really get into it much last week because we're not super expert in this. But they did. They lost. Uh, we're a, completely a big defender, not an important defender. <laughs> yeah, an, an important defender. Um, and they lost two to one the other day. Um, you know, I think they tied it up after being behind for most of the game, and then lost uh, somewhere near the end, but not not right at the at the end of the game. Lost two to one. They came back and beat Michigan State three to one. And now they've got number five Northwestern at 3 p.m. in Iowa City on Friday. That'll be on BTN, and so that'll be a big game for them. They've dropped to number three in the national rankings. They have been rated for 77 straight weeks, which is uh, funny. The guys that came in from out of town, some of my fraternity guys the other day, because I said, well, we're going to park my mom's RV down by the field hockey lot. And they have field hockey. Are we still good at that? And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, I think so, you know. Uh, so, it, hey, it's a lot of season left for them. They're 10-1 and one on the year, and certainly when the NCAA tournament runs around, uh, they'll still be there. But they've lost a couple of big guns, so we'll have to see how that uh, how that happens. The other interesting well, if, side note. Uh, hey, uh, before to, you leave yeah. field hockey, I think Northwestern's actually number two now. Oh, are they? Okay. I got them at five. Oh. Okay, well, then maybe they moved up don't, over them. Don't oh, take it from me. Good. I think I read that on the Twitter. Uh, it could, very well could be. Um, a number of other things. Uh, the, the Hoops uh, basketball schedule is not only out, but uh, now they've got times on those games. So if you want to check that out, uh, you can go out to you know the, to HawkeyeSports.com and check it out. Of note, the Iowa State game will be a 7 p.m. game, and that Creighton game will be 9 p.m. Uh, so that's a late start over in Omaha. Um, I'm not sure how they're going to accommodate that, but that's where they're going with that. And then uh, wrestling has come uh, with their full Big Ten schedule. And uh, the big one on the docket there is Penn State, I believe, comes in on February 9th uh, against the Hawkeyes. So that'll be one everybody will be interested in seeing as well. Uh, Do you have a beach ball update for me since I didn't sit with you uh, the other night? I do have a beach ball update. Uh, Beach balls four, people zero. Um, It was mass hysteria and quite quite a bit of an issue. Be glad you were not there. They came out early and often, even when we were behind. <laughs> Which is even more annoying, right? What in the heck? Yeah, what, far why? more annoying. It's, one, get thing, it. it's one thing to act like you're celebrating with the beach ball. It's a whole other thing to beat that thing around. We're getting beat. I mean, my yeah. God, watch a football game for crying out loud. No, anyway, uh, uh, man the pocket knife cloud. is coming with. Yeah, the pocket knife can't come in, but there will be. Uh, I will have a sharpened key of some sort. <laughs> For the next time I'm sitting there. I think every time you just it comes by, you try and go up and, and pop. And pop you pop try it. to hit it, and then it pops, and you just like look. Whoa, whoa, whoa I don't know what happened. Uh, it, hey, I don't. I I just don't know. I I, I just I, don't know I don't where know. to go with that. <laughs> at, at what point do you think we should take our last break? We're at five forty. Think five forty-two. Hey, give us another minute to kibitz. Yeah. Sure, and then we'll take our final break and get everybody set. I do want to make sure we don't just pass over and gloss over the Nick Jackson performance from the other night where he went. Uh, he's the co-defensive player of the week in the Big Ten. He had ten tackles, and, and, I, and he forced the fumble uh, at the end, which was huge. Uh, Iowa had not been getting the turnovers, obviously. Forced fumbles are you know, something few and far between so far this year, and I think that kid has gotten better and better every week in this defense, and, and you know, let's not take away from Jay Higgins and what he's doing because he's 
He's been a consistent uh, player. He's going to be an all-Big Ten candidate, there's no question. But Nick Jackson uh, gets this honor this week, and, and I, I think it's uh, well-deserved to see the progression that he's had as this defense uh, has kind of sunk in as to where he's supposed to be and when. Yeah, no, I agree with you. His speed is evident. His football awareness is evident. And what is, is coming is the Phil Parker awareness of where you need to be on each and every place. So with that, we'll, uh, we'll take our final break here on the Hawkeye Huddle. We'll be back for some predictions and some last calls and a couple other things on 102.1 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. This is Ron Coomer, and you're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines, Des Moines' home for the Chicago Cubs. Ah, the 80s. Well, that's hurt, great, by the way. This is the great <laughs> supergroup Asia. It is. Belting out, belting out <laughs> one of their two hits that they had. Dave Creighton Jr. here, Hawkeye Huddle. Welcome back for our Final segment on Purdue Week, Brett Ridge on the phone. And we've got about, I don't know, 12 minutes, I think, in order for us to figure out the who, what, where, and how in the hell are we going to score points on Saturday, Brett? Well, I think I, I think that's just it. You could hear it in Tom's uh, voice. He was um, properly concerned. Well, his inflection is always right? so, so deep. <laughs> yes. yeah, I know, but... There's- but he, he was even admittedly concerned, right? I mean, I, I think that at this point in time, it's really hard to see where the consistency is going to come from, uh, you know, particularly when guys start getting hurt and, and whatnot. Now, you, I think that there have been flashes where you start to see some things, but I have yet to figure out why Iowa is the only team in college football that cannot run wide. I mean, they, they literally cannot do a toss sweep. There is no such thing as that where they can get the corner at all. And I, I think, you know, it's it's a matter of you're, you're running these formations where guys are so tightened in and there's just nothing there and nobody can seal an end. And I just, it, it seems to me that, uh, and if you look back at last year when, and when Caleb Johnson did get loose for a long touchdown and he rushed for a bunch of yards in the second and third quarter, uh, at Purdue, uh, it was more of the zone stuff going to the going to the wide side of the field, but uh, or, or the uh, to the side of the field. But again, he's breaking between some tackles, right? He's 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 breaking between some blocks. They're not trying to get the edge, and so it, you know this is just what Iowa does. It's just where it starts to get to the point where you don't know how they're going to beat teams that that strategize for them. So when you look at this. It's going to have to be, in my opinion, it's going to have to be on Deacon Hill to open things up. I like the idea of them taking some deep shots, but I didn't see a lot of accuracy there the other day that told me he's going to be a whole lot more accurate than than uh, Cade was. But at least you can or get any, some guys running downfield. Right, right. I think at least if you can take the top off a little bit so that when they do break some of those holes uh, in, in, on the inside zone runs and the counters, uh, that they will get some extra yardage, and I think that's what's going to have to be to, to, to win the game. Uh, certainly, you've know, you got to catch the football. Yeah, one of the things that I, was bothering me the other night seemed to be uh, on these counters, particularly the, the slow development of the play with our running back not hitting the hole at a very rapid pace. And I, I don't know 
if that's just, okay, take a step, we're going to jab it one way and come back the other. It just felt like it was in complete and utter slow motion. As to getting the edge, I, you know, maybe, maybe we go to, go to the option with Deacon out there. I, I tongue in cheek, but you know, whatever. Uh, the five wides I liked quite a bit the other night. It did open up the passing game, and frankly, our, our pass protection did well. We had, Iowa had one sack the other night. Obviously, the, the play that Cade hurt himself, there was pressure, and he was, but he was evading it. Um, and had he not gotten hurt, I, he had a fair, fair amount of room to, to run there. Uh, but I think you're going to have to have the Thrill Hill making some plays with his feet, and even if it's for three yards or four yards, to extend plays and or to make make plays and and not take have not have negative plays, and then you're going to have to have, obviously, I think you you need the running backs to be able to break break some tackles or break a tackle and and break a long run, and by long I mean 17 yards, 23 yards. Uh, I I watched the Dolphins the other day. They have motion on every single play that they run, and it feels to me like Iowa. Is, is averse to having motion, and, and frankly, I don't understand it. Um, but they, they, the, the, big time, the, the only time they had a big play the other night, they ran jet sweep motion but didn't hand the ball off. That pulled the, uh, both a linebacker and a corner away, and Eric Hall was standing by himself on the other side of the field and gained 40 yards on a, a screen pass, right? Not right. A, screen, a swing pass, right? Um, the, the, the sweep motion should be part of what they do without handing the ball off a lot more than it is. And I don't understand why that isn't just in the game all the time. I, I agree. Hey, answer me this question. Maybe I understand the rule wrong, but Michigan State, uh, they ran, I don't know, six, maybe seven swing passes to their running back. And on every single one of them, their, their wide receivers were blocking, literally locked up and blocking the Iowa D-backs before the ball was even thrown. And I'm not exaggerating. As long as, so guys, as, long as the around, ball is caught, if the ball is caught behind the line of scrimmage, that's fair in college. Is, is it behind the line? Okay, because everybody thought it had to be a backwards pass for that. No. So it's as long as it's caught behind the line of scrimmage. Okay. Caught behind the line of scrimmage, that's fine. Now, the moment it, that they go across the line of scrimmage, now, you, now you've got OPI. Okay. And, they, boy, they were same, timing same that true, right then, Same man. true for linemen downfield. Yeah, yeah, okay. If, if the ball is caught behind the line of scrimmage, the linemen can go where they want. I, it, 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 so. it occurred several times, and we were like, now, wait a minute, are we? what am I watching on that, right? Well, I do think, you know, uh, the other key to this is, uh, obviously, the Iowa defense has to do what it, what it does. And I, I think that, that fans, it's really hard, it's really hard on me to watch teams move up and down the field in the first half as if it's nothing, but then they end up with only three points, right? And then, and then we realize and then the by the time the third quarter, they, they get two they first get downs in the second right. half. Right. It, it, I mean, it, that's what happens. And so um, it, I, I think we've all got to remember that and not get super nervous as long as you don't get down 14. If you're down six, it's not that big of a deal. If you're down, if they're driving and they get a couple of field goals, it's not that big of a deal because that's what Iowa is designed to do. And, oh, by the way, the Cooper DeGene interception was exactly what we've talked about, right? Right. They, they're driving. They're dinking. They're dunking. Oh, look, they got itchy trigger finger and threw it into the Let's, end zone when they shouldn't have. Uh, you know, tried to go for the home run, and he picked him off, right? Right, How, right. 
So, Brett, I, I describe the Iowa football team as your third graders' art. It may be the ugliest thing you've ever seen, but you still love it. Would you agree with that sentiment? Um, yeah, it's certainly not pretty, right? You, but you, uh, and, and it would be one of those things that you got on the refrigerator that you might take it down if, when company comes well, over. As soon as, <laughs> as, soon as, the, se- as, soon as the season's over, yeah. you're, you're probably going to take it down yeah. and put it, put right. it away. But, but during right. the, the fall season, you're going to keep it up there, even if it is a turkey of their hand. Or whatever. I, I, I like I, I do like the, the I like the analogy and the fact that uh, that we're now at a point where we know what we're going to get, right? Yes. It's, it's just yeah, a matter of no, it's right. There's no there's, there's no anymore. more there's no more hope. It's just go out there and win. Yes. Yeah. So, it, 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 it's right, not going to be. It's not going to get pretty. It's not. So. so what's your last call? So last call this week. Uh, I. I, I I feel like Purdue is going to somehow eke out a couple of extra touchdowns this week. Um, they always seem to be our Achilles heel, particularly with a, a big game at Wisconsin coming up the next week. And I think the Hawks, uh, I, I think the Hawks play okay. I think we get we're looking at 16, 17 points again out of the offense, which is not going to be great, but it'll be it won't be a shutout. I think Purdue gets uh, gets something more out of it and i don't know how and they they pull out with the 20 to 17 victory over iowa um it's the one that we didn't see coming during the year when we thought well if iowa goes nine and three okay uh, you can stop now because they're starting to yell fire brett uh, oh, okay the <laughs> well that's what i'm just saying no, I, yeah they are uh, you know there's there was going to be one and i'm going to pick this is the one that we that we weren't counting on well i'm i'm disagreeing and and, and frankly i disagree because I think that getting Caleb Johnson back makes a huge, huge difference for this team. Um, honestly, I feel like even though Deacon the Thrill Hill is uh, his mobility adds something to the the offensive game plan that we haven't had w- with Cade in there. Sure, we're going to miss Moxie. Sure, we're going to miss his experience, but we're not going to miss the fact that he can't move, and that every time he tries to move. Unfortunately, everybody holds their breath, and, and again, it was horrible to see, but watching him hurt himself the other night was, was really, really bad. What are you, Steve Alferding on me? No, me? No. Typing. Oh, I'm okay. not typing Maybe anything. that's Pete. At any rate, so I got, I got the Hawks. <laughs> Shut down the Hawks computer on us. <laughs> 24 and Purdue 13. I don't really know right. how it's going to happen. Now, Hawks are three, what, four-point favorites? Three, de- three defensive short short fields is how you get you 24 go. points. By and, the way, I went the first, with the, dri- I went, first drive down, you get the, three. I went with the over the other day and sure didn't look very good for a while, and there it was again. Never in right? doubt. Never, Never in doubt. doubt. How, how about the nine and a half I got right before the game? Did you get nine and a half? I got ten. I felt I – felt, <laughs> So I pushed. You got nine and a half. Nice. That's Vindicated, That's I would say, you might, you might have felt. Yeah, so I was, I was two and a half this week. I don't know what the total is. It's got to be under 40. I guarantee you that. <laughs> right. 30, 39. So 24-13, that's under. Take the hockey together, under, folks. <laughs> you got it. And Lord willing, Brett will be back next week. And we'll be here live at G-Mix following a Hawkeye victory. Again, Lord willing. Thanks for joining us on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines.